Hi everybody, I'm Lights Camera Jackson and welcome to episode 22 of the Back to You podcast. Celebrating the 15th anniversary of the premiere of Back to You. If you're listening to this on debut day of this episode, it's Monday, September 19th, 2022. And exactly 15 years ago today, Wednesday, September 19, 2007, Back to You premiered on Fox to about 9.5 million viewers at 8 o'clock. Out of the gate, it made the ratings chart. We've talked about the ratings here on the podcast. It made the ratings chart for the week. It was notable by critics and audiences because of the return of Kelsey Grammer after Frasier, the return of Patricia Heaton and Fred Willard after Everybody Loves Raymond, and seeing Ty Burrell, Josh Gad, and many others for the first time. Laura Morano as well, and her involvement with Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader around that time on Fox. It happened 15 years ago, today. Amazing that it's been a decade and a half of Back to You in my life and so many lives. A decade and a half. And we're going to celebrate that today by talking about the show with James Burroughs, 11-time Emmy winner, a television icon, a legend in the directing world. He has directed episodes of so many iconic comedy series. And he directed all 17 episodes of Back to You, as well as executive producing the show. And he joins me for an exclusive conversation about Back to You coming up later on in this episode of the Back to You podcast. So excited to share this with you. His thoughts, his feelings about Back to You a decade and a half later. The previous episode of the Back to You podcast dropped on May 14th, and it was the third anniversary episode of the podcast. We covered a lot in that episode. We previewed some more things that were coming up for some of the key people involved with Back to You. And in one of those cases, with creator Steve Levitan, his new comedy series on Hulu called Reboot premieres tomorrow. Tuesday, September 20th, I have seen all eight episodes of Reboot. I will tell you as much as I can and as much as I'm allowed to about the show here as well coming up on this episode of the Back to You podcast. But first, let's cover a few things that have happened in the four months since the last episode of the Back to You podcast. case of this first one, sort of just before the last episode dropped. You see, as I do on occasion, I Google search back to you, see if I can find any new images, video clips, interview clips, references of any kind, news stories surrounding back to you. And I happened to do this on May 12th, about 36 hours before dropping the third anniversary episode of the Back to You podcast. And I came across this clip from Entertainment Tonight. And it was not labeled, you know, we're, we're talking with Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton. It, it wasn't. It was labeled something completely different involving Carol's second act, the Patricia Heaton show that was on CBS for a season a few years ago from 2019 to 2020. And I'm watching this clip, and all of a sudden, they go to this package that's a new at-the-time interview with Kelsey and Patricia from March 2020 talking about reuniting. They reference back to you. They talk about reuniting for Carol's second act. And I say to myself, oh my gosh, this is great. But I'm posting the other episode in 36 hours. I cannot add this in. It is too late for me to add this great clip in. So I posted it on the Back to You Pod Twitter account. And now I'm going to bring it to you here on this episode of the Back to You Podcast. 
Here is a clip of Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton on the set of Carol's second act talking to Entertainment Tonight about reuniting. We share a manager, and he said, hey, you want to do a little something on uh, Carol's uh, remake or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) He he just got in from New York. He has no idea where he is. I'm bleary. I'm Patricia Heaton. We work together. Patty and Kelsey have actually worked together before. Three years after Frasier ended, the two starred in the short-lived 2007 comedy, Back to You. Patricia was just asking me when she thinks we'll finally refuse to actually do interviews together. I said maybe a year. <laughs> I think I've had my teeth fixed since then. Oh, wow. <laughs> probably, I might have probably grown since then. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where you think, oh, me and Kelsey, it's going to run forever. We, we retire on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 weeks later. Yep, that was Goodbye. It. Wow. One of the reasons why this clip is so good is because they admit that they thought Back to You was going to be gold. Patricia says... This could have gone on forever. Kelsey says we could have retired on this show. But it only lasted 14 episodes on Fox, three more episodes that did not air, a single season, and got canceled. And then, of course, you know, Kelsey came on to Carol's second act for the season finale with a brief minute-long appearance, hoping that it would be strong enough to have the show be renewed on CBS for another season. The viewership for that episode of Carol's second act was one of the highest of the whole run of all the 18 episodes. And Kelsey got a lot of uh, mileage out of that appearance, a lot of promotion, a lot of social media attention, especially in these early days of COVID. People were uh, reading often in in news articles online, oh, Kelsey and Patricia reuniting. Back to You was mentioned all the time in these articles. And yet CBS still decided to cancel Carol's second act. It just wasn't good enough, even bringing in Kelsey, who would have had a recurring role in season two as Carol's ex-husband. Still wasn't good enough. So how interesting is that? And, and them openly talking about Back to You. It's gold. It's gold. So glad I was able to bring this clip to you now on this episode of the Back to You podcast. want to touch on a few other things that have occurred since May. One is is kind of a personal thing that relates to TV news and and back to you being a, a comedy about TV news. Over these last couple years, I have been watching a lot of Johnny Carson episodes on Antenna TV. And some of the sketches that he did brilliantly on The Tonight Show involved news and making fun of how the anchors deliver the news and the news business and some of these skits being eyewitness news and he did a lot with Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite and some of the total news sketches so just brilliant being able to watch those over these past couple years and particularly uh, the total news one I discovered just in the past few months uh, just really really funny really sharp Uh, The total news one is he basically speeds through what they're talking about now, what they're going to be talking about in every half hour in the next installments of the newscast. You know, here's what we're talking about tonight at 4 and 4.30 and 5 and 6 and all these clever wordplay references. Just fantastic. That's why Carson was one of the best in the business. And the material was good. And even if the skit wasn't going so well, (laughs) he would make some crack or some... Uh, movement with his eyes, a look to the audience, a look at Ed, a look at some of the producers, and it, you would just laugh out loud and just shake your head and smile. That's that's the amazing thing about Johnny Carson and watching him. So if, if you have Antenna TV, it's over the air in some markets around the country, Johnny Carson's on every night at 10 o'clock. And if, if you want to see some 
great classic television and occasionally these skits and his insights into making fun of the news business and some of the newscasts out in Los Angeles. Watch, watch Johnny Carson on Antenna TV. In June, Patricia Heaton got herself into a bit of a Twitter controversy. She placed herself into this controversy by sharing her thoughts on the light year situation. Now, as many of you know, I've been a film critic for 16 and a half years and a, a lifelong supporter of animation and was really, really looking forward to seeing the Lightyear movie because the concept behind it is spectacular. It's one of the best concepts behind a Pixar movie probably ever. It is the movie that Andy saw when he was a child that made him fall in love with the Buzz Lightyear character and made him want to get the Buzz Lightyear toy. Brilliant concept. But the way Lightyear was marketed and the way information was getting out there was confusing people. It was confusing moviegoers, families, even journalists. And Patricia Heaton chimed in on the week of the film's release. It came out on June 17th. And on June 14th, Patricia Heaton tweeted this. She, she was upset that Disney and Pixar replaced Tim Allen with Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Now, you have to understand, this movie is about Buzz Lightyear the Space Ranger. It is not about the toy. So Pixar felt we should have a different voice for the Buzz Lightyear character versus the toy. And when you break it down and you think about it, it makes sense why they decided to do this. But to the casual moviegoer and to a lot of people, it was still a, a question of why would you do this? And Patricia Heaton was one of these people who said, Disney Pixar has made a huge mistake. Tim Allen is Buzz. Why would they completely castrate this iconic, beloved character? So she put that out there on June 14th, the Tuesday of the film's release, at 11.48 a.m. Eastern Time. And it got a lot of attention, because not only around that time did Patricia Heaton chime in, Tim Allen himself spoke out about this uh, around the film's release, Tom Hanks, the voice of Woody, defended Tim Allen, did not understand why Pixar replaced him with Chris Evans. He got the concept, but did not understand still why they did it. So people were tweeting at Patricia Heaton, and it was getting some headlines and some attention. So a few hours later, on June 14th at 3.19 p.m., she followed up with this. So the current Buzz Lightyear movie is an origin story, but the reason why the character became beloved is because of what Tim created. Why remove the one element that makes us want to see it? Hashtag stupid Hollywood decisions. Now, you could break this down in a couple different ways. Patricia Heaton has publicly been known as a conservative, so is Tim Allen. So there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect of just trying to understand what this movie is. And it did not help, as much as, as I like the concept, it did not help that some of the marketing of the movie involved these weird images that sort of combined, and illustrations and artwork that sort of combined the, the Lightyear toy with Andy, with the movie, and they all interacted with each other. I, I was looking at some of that and going, why did anyone decide to do this? It just confuses people even more. So Lightyear didn't do so well at the box office. I went to the showing on Thursday, the 16th, knowing very well of the controversy that was going on with people upset still that Chris Evans replaced Tim Allen, even though it's a different Buzz Lightyear. 
I went to the first showing, and there were only about 10 or 12 people there. And I thought to myself, huh, I know kids are still in school. It's not quite summertime yet. But gosh, for a Pixar movie, for the first Pixar movie to be back in theaters nationwide since Onward, which was only in theaters for two weeks before COVID in early 2020, for the first Pixar theatrical release in 27 months, and for only 10 or 12 people to be here on the first showing, so I was a little surprised. There were people my age, a little bit older. There was one grandma and a granddaughter seemed to enjoy it, or a couple kids. Not a lot of people there. And I, I like the movie. It's not spectacular. There are nice references to the Toy Story films within it, including a cone sequence that I love that, that takes us back to the cone sequence in Toy Story 2, which I thought was great. But I thought some aspects of the movie were missing, a little heart and a little warmth. And, and even with some of the action and some of the choices with Zerg in the second half, and, and I wish the aliens showed up at the end because I think that would have been a great tease if they were planning on a sequel. But I had a funny feeling walking out of the movie, liked it, didn't think it was amazing, but thought, man, maybe this isn't going to do so well. Maybe this, these controversies, and there were other controversies surrounding the movie, the same-sex kiss and more, were going to hurt it this weekend. And it did. Lightyear only opened to $50.5 million and only made uh, $114, $115 million total. That's domestically. And Pixar and Disney were very underwhelmed by these box office results. And then Minions comes out two weeks later, opens to 110 has made $355 million as of this recording, and is a juggernaut. Minions made the kind of money that Pixar wishes Lightyear made. Now... How much of an influence did Patricia Heaton's tweets have on whether families wanted to go see Lightyear? I don't know. But it absolutely made headlines and just added to the overall confusion that people had about Lightyear that I don't think Disney saw coming. I mean, I got to see 40 minutes of footage of the movie a couple months earlier, sometime in late March, early April. And I got to talk with the director and the producer, Angus McLean, who did Finding Dory, and Galen Sussman. And we talked about the origins of the movie. We talked about the concept. And he had this concept basically right after uh, Finding Dory, not long after. He pitched this concept, which he had had in his mind for a long time. And the concept works. But does it completely follow through in the movie? No. And the way it was presented to everyone just confused everybody. And Patricia Heaton, one of those people who wanted to defend her longtime friend, Tim Allen. So there you go. Now, in August, Modern Family actor Jesse Tyler Ferguson revealed that he was not the original person to officiate co-star Sarah Hyland's wedding. If you were on social media in August, saw a lot of photos from Sarah Hyland's wedding. Many of the Modern Family stars were in attendance Interestingly, Ty Burrell was not, and when I didn't see him in photos, I thought, huh, that's interesting that he was not there. I, I'm sure he would have wanted to be there, but something must have happened. And as Jesse Tyler Ferguson revealed a, a couple weeks after the wedding in some interviews, Ty Burrell absolutely was going to be there. In fact, he was going to officiate her wedding because Ty played Phil Dunphy, of course, and Sarah Hyland played his daughter Haley, and, and that was the intention. But Jesse Tyler Ferguson told Entertainment Tonight Ty had a family emergency and had to bow out of attending the wedding with about 12 days to go. So Jesse was on the phone with Ty talking about what he should talk about and what he should say as he officiates the wedding. And the quote to E.T. basically was, he had stuff going on. So that is unfortunate. 
wishing Ty and his family all the best. Now let's talk about Reboot. I previewed this on the last episode of the Back to You podcast that it was coming, and over these past four months, the marketing has gotten underway. There's posters, there's trailers. I've seen all eight episodes of this first season of Reboot, and uh, it's about to premiere. If you're listening to this on the 19th, it premieres tomorrow, Tuesday, September 20th, on Hulu. First three episodes drop, then a new episode every week for the next five weeks on Hulu on Tuesdays. So, Reboot comes from Steve Levitan, co-creator of Back to You, co-creator of Modern Family. He and Christopher Lloyd separated uh, after Modern Family, and Steve Levitan decided to go solo here on Reboot. This is a new comedy series on Hulu about the reboot of a comedy series for Hulu. It's called Step Right Up. It's one of those shows when, when they do the, the theme song and the old intro they show. It's this you know, late 90s, early 2000s in front of a studio audience sitcom, Step Right Up. And it brings back the cast of the original series for this reboot, including Keegan-Michael Key, Judy Greer, and Johnny Knoxville. Also on Reboot, as they come together and interact with each other for this new Reboot show, are Rachel Bloom and Paul Reiser. I'm not allowed to really get into what the relationship between Rachel Bloom and Paul Reiser's characters are. As members of the press, we get emails in advance of getting screeners of episodes, and they say to us, not only can you not talk about this show until specific dates, but you cannot reveal specific storylines on social media posts, on podcast episodes, interviews, feature articles, reviews, etc. at all or until certain points. Now that's very similar to what the uh, Fox asked the critics to do with Back to You. Fox did not want reviews of the pilot episode of Back to You that premiered 15 years ago to say that Kelsey and Patricia are the parents of a child. They did not want that revealed. And now here we go, 15 years later, and there is a key piece of the reboot puzzle involving a few characters that once again, involving a show with Steve Levitan, they don't want the critics to talk about. So I cannot mention it. But it certainly uh, puts things into motion, makes the dynamics, there's you know bickering, fighting, back and forth, squabbles, all of that takes place. That is not the only similarity to Back to You that, that reboot has. There are Structural similarities, including Keegan-Michael Key and Judy Greer's characters, their actors, when the show went off the air 15 years earlier. 15 is a key number in this. They were sort of in a relationship. They were on and off. They separated. They come back together after 15 years. What's the pilot of Back to You? It's Chuck Darling and Kelly Carr coming back together after 15 years. Of course, that had to cross Steve Levitan's mind as he was writing this show and writing the pilot. Two characters who were sort of in a romantic relationship for a period of time, worked together for a long time, coming back together after 15 years, seeing how the chemistry is. Of course, it had to cross his mind as he was writing Reboot that he was doing a callback to Back to You. There are also other moments and other storylines throughout the eight episodes that are taken directly out of Back to You, involving somebody parking a car somewhere, Involving a new boss coming into play. There's a lot of similarities to Back to You in terms of borrowing moments and borrowing storylines. A couple moments that 
I gasped out loud. I was like, oh my gosh, this is right out of this episode of Back to You. This is right out of this. What's old is new again. Taking something from the past and bringing it back 15 years later, that's exactly what Steve Levitan's done in a few cases with these episodes of Reboot. This show is absolutely for adults. Back to You was a TV-14 show primarily. Modern Family, as the kids got older, became a little more TV-14, but a family show, ABC wanted the whole family to watch it. This is absolutely for adults. The show, particularly in the first half, has a lot of jokes and material involving sex, adult language, constantly throughout, because Levitan felt that he could get away with that, not being on a network. You can say whatever you want on Hulu, whenever you want, how often you want. You can make the episodes as long as you want. It's clearly a case, as I, as I watched the first four episodes one night and the second four episodes another night, about a week or two later, Steve Levitan felt, okay, I'm no longer in a box. I'm no longer restricted to have to do certain things that network TV makes you do. Not just the language and, and talking about sex, but how far we can push certain storylines, episodes, length, feel, vibe. And in some cases, he succeeds. Do I think it's a perfect show? No. I don't know where it's going to go, you know, how far, how long the show will go. Will it go another season or several seasons? It's a show that tries to be very inside Hollywood clever about the industry. It's also a show with a lot of characters. It is, it is an ensemble series, just as Back to You was, just as Modern Family was. There are six or seven primary characters. Some supporting characters appear for a couple episodes here, a couple episodes there. There are a lot of subplots. There are a lot of balls in the air. You're juggling a lot as you're watching Reboot. There is an episode in it that definitely has the feel and flavor of a Modern Family episode. I can't tell you which one it is because that's giving away too much. But there is one where I was watching going, ah, I see the directing style here and the timing comedy style here. This feels like a Modern Family episode. And without giving too much away, Levitan chooses to end the season in very unconventional and unexpected ways. If you decide to watch Reboot, which if you're into TV, if you like Steve Levitan, if you like this cast, if you are curious, then I say watch it. Maybe more than anything else, if you are curious about it, as I absolutely was, then reboot, you watch it on Hulu. If you go along with all eight episodes, and you make it through them all, and you get to the eighth episode, you're going to be surprised by where he takes the characters and how he decides to end the season. And that's, again, really all I can say, really all I want to say to not spoil things for, for everyone who wants to watch the show, but I was definitely surprised. This show has some surprises to it with the characters, with the humor, where we go with the show, within the show, and the makings of it, and how the show ends. That is Reboot. It is on Hulu. And Steve Levitan's follow-up to Modern Family, and we'll see if... Critics and audiences embrace it. We'll see if Hulu wants to bring it back for another season. But again, first three episodes tomorrow, September 20, and then a new episode every Tuesday for five more weeks. And now, 
It is time for my exclusive Back to You conversation with 11-time Emmy winner James Burroughs, the director and executive producer of Back to You. We recorded this conversation at the end of June. His new memoir, directed by James Burroughs, is available now through Ballantine Books and Penguin Random House. Get ready for some very interesting insights a decade and a half later about Back to You from television legend... James Burroughs. I've read your new book, which is fantastic. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's a great uh, history of, of your career and of television. And uh, I love that you got your big break with the Mary Tyler Moore show. And then 30 years later, you go to Back to You, which I think is the greatest single season sitcom of all time. Another sitcom about TV news. How did it feel uh, 30 years later being back in the TV news sitcom world? Uh, it was uh, like being with old friends. Mm. Nice. And because uh, uh, as opposed to the Mary Tyler Moore show, where I didn't know anybody, on Back to You, I knew everybody. So that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Uh, and, and your relationship with Kelsey Grammer has been incredible over the years. And in the book, you say that Kelsey can play a pompous ass who's also sympathetic better than anyone I know. And that is Chuck Darling. That is that character. How did you and Kelsey shape that Chuck Darling character? With numbers. When I need Kels to do so, you know, when he has a reaction or something like that, I say, Kels, give me a 47 instead of the 43. So we go back a long way, and uh, he's just incredibly inventive. And, uh, uh, you know, it's helped by the writing, too. We have Chris Lloyd and Steve Levitan, two of the best writers in television. So we felt, uh, we felt really good about it. Yeah, you had Levitated Lloyd. You had, I think, one of the best ensemble casts of any show of all time. And I've had the chance to meet all of them. Fred Willard before he passed and Kelsey and Patricia Heaton, Josh Gad, Ty Burrell. Could you feel the magic when you were with all of them on this set making this show that you were a part of something special? Yeah, we tried really hard. It was, uh, you know, there was great rapport between Patricia and uh, Kels, but... Uh, uh, I, I, I guess the network was not fond of the show is all I can tell you because they, um, they, they, I don't know why they passed on it because, uh, uh, it was, it to me, it was a wonderful show. I love the show. I think it's so funny and so sharp. And I try to watch the episodes at least once a year. It's, it's such good comedic commentary on the TV news world, which I've been at it a little bit. And I was shocked when I, uh, learned the news back in 2008 when it was canceled. How do you remember finding out that Fox wasn't going to go forward with a season two? I was shocked. I mean, uh, I, I don't remember with Chris or Steve who told me, but uh, you know, that that's happened. Uh, it's, it's strange uh, network behavior. Now I did a pilot two years ago uh, with Alec Baldwin and Kelsey Grammer yes. for, um, for ABC and, they didn't even pick the pilot up. So uh, I have no idea. I guess the they wanted to go new and retro instead of two wonderful comedians who, uh, you know, Chris Lloyd wrote a wonderful show. So, uh, uh, you know, it's passing uh, television, passing us by right now. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, Back to You was so good and so different from everything else on television. I know a lot of people said at the time, well, it should have gone to CBS. It felt like a better show at CBS than on Fox. And there were rumblings that Kelsey was trying to save the show and get it to CBS. From your perspective, was there any chance CBS could have saved Back to You? It's really hard. Uh, you know, we took we took the uh, Kelsey Grammer, Alec Baldwin pilot out to other places. And it just, uh, it's really hard. I did the pilot of Third Rock from the Sun mm. for ABC. And uh, ABC passed on it. So Warren Littlefield of NBC called me and said, well, what do you think of the show? I said, I think it's great. So that's the one time I know uh, a network passed on a pilot that became successful. But it's, it's few and far between. Was Were you always, because you did all 17 episodes, and, and I think some of the funniest episodes of TV sitcoms of my lifetime, were you always locked in? Were you going to do every single episode of the series? If it had uh, What year was it, 2008? Yeah, the 2007-2008 season, yeah. Well, I was, I was happy on that show, so I probably would have done season two, because again, I like the writers, I love the cast, and... Uh, at at that point, uh, I was I was doing shows that made me smile, and mm. uh, this one made me smile. Yeah, I I wish it had stayed on the air for many more seasons. How many seasons do you think it could have gone on for if if everything had worked out perfectly? I'm sure it's at least a five or six year mm. series. Wow. Yeah, I wish I wish that had happened. Obviously, the writer's strike was um, a huge blow to many shows during that year. How do you remember the writer's strike affecting back to you? I, I don't remember. Uh, it's uh, I, I don't remember that situation. No. I know you want pearls from me, but uh, no, no, these are, no, these are great insights. And I love that in your book, you talked about the importance of sets, of TV sets, because one of the other things I love about Back to You is the set. We go from the news set to the newsroom to Chuck and Kelly's shared office, which was so fun to see their hijinks and their their quarrels in their shared office. What did you love about that Back to You set? Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Mary Tyler Moore set, although uh, the studio was not linked on the Mary Tyler Moore show, but on, on this one it was. And it just gives you more... Uh, facile coverage of the of the of the show. I could, I could uh, move my you know continue the scene without cutting and then setting up in the newsroom. Right, right. No, I I love that set the way it all goes. And there were some iconic moments with all the different cast members. And I I remember Fred Willard telling me when I spoke with him in 2019 before he passed um, about how you like to work as you wrote in your book quickly and efficiently. Any any specific memories from any of the taping nights of Back to You? Not really. I, I you know, I work, uh, 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 according to the expression that Kelsey uses, calling kick the pig, which means that uh, if, if we're bogged down, you'll hear Kelsey say, let's kick this pig, which means let's move it along. So I've always, uh, you know, uh, if, if, you, if you're stagnant on stage, the actors get bored and... Um, the writers get bored, so you got to keep it moving, and uh, that's that's how that's how I direct. Now, Josh Gad and Ty Burrell went on to big success. Josh on Broadway, Book of Mormon, and and Frozen, and Ty, of course, with Modern Family. 
were you how did you feel about them going on to do what they've done i mean this was the breakthrough show for them though not as many people watched them on back to you as they watched ty on modern family or or saw josh on broadway or heard him in frozen uh it's good to be at that moment you know ty had done a lot of stuff before that mm. and it's you know it's he finally found the right role to so his talent could emerge Josh, you know, Josh was, I think, in Spelling Bee. Right. That's true. On Broadway before. And we brought him out to uh, to do, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but he was really funny. We put him in halfway through the rehearsal process. Mm. And he was great and went on to, to do Book of Mormon and has a wonderful singing voice. Oh, yeah. And and Central Park, the animated series he's on uh, on Apple is fantastic as well. And and uh, careers that they've had. And, um, you know, in your book, I, I, there's one mention of Back to You in your list of shows you have executive produced. Was there any, did you think about wanting to write some stories about Back to You in the book? Uh, then I would have to write all, all kinds of stories about other shows that, you know, didn't last as long or weren't successes in my particular career. Uh, you know, there's News Radio, and Third Rock, and um, Night Court and Caroline in the City, you know, I just tried to stay with the shows that are preeminent in my resume and would appeal to the readers. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's it's great reads. And I'm looking forward to uh, reading more in depth on, on the Friends and Will and Grace chapters with my mother, because she loves those shows and and also loves Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, it was cool at the time watching back to you. Do you watch a lot of the the episodes that you direct when they air first run on the networks? Yeah, if I'm up late at night, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure where they all are. There's a station in New York City called Decades that mm-hmm. plays co- comedy from the different decades. And my co-writer in the book, Eddie Friedfeld, says there's Cheers and Taxi and everything over there. But I don't see him that often. I'll watch. I'll go to YouTube occasionally to watch um, watch a particular episode. And when, when I was writing the book, uh, I, I I ran a lot of episodes for myself to uh, j- uh, uh, jigger my memory. It's good. I, I, I think I've seen almost every episode of Frasier, and we have Decades TV on one of the um, over-the-air stations here. I'm in uh, upstate New York near Albany, and we have Decades, and, and you're right, it's got Mary Tyler Moore, it's got many of those shows, and uh, so good to see those all the time. Comedy classics, and I wish I wish people would, would see back to you uh, more. I mean, that's one of the points of this podcast, is to keep getting the show out there while I've been doing it for a few years, and... Um, I hope that that people find it and watch it because y- there was this incredible pool of talent and and you were a part of that. Have you thought a lot about back to you over the last 15 years? I wish I could say yes, but no. Mm. I it's just uh uh you know you got to in in the business when you're cut off by a network or something like that, you can you know you can moan and bitch for two, three years. But after that, you got to let it go. If you don't let it go, you know, it'll, it'll eat you up. I admire the fact that you're running a campaign to revive the show and everything like that. But uh, for me, it's, uh, you know, I've had other things to say. We have the reboot of Will and Grace and, mm. uh, you know, I did the Millers, another show that was canceled too soon. So I can't fret over the ocean filled with shows that didn't make it. Are you at least happy with 
what you accomplished with those 17 episodes of Back to You? Oh, yeah. On any show I do, I pour my heart and soul into it. So, you know, I think there were some of the funniest episodes I've done. And uh, it's just a shame that it's uh, it's over. Well, I, I hope it lives on through everybody watching it. Um, I Kelsey was Kelsey was kind enough to sign this DVD for me several years ago of of the only. I love how it says season one, even though it only ended up being the only season with the the complete series. I'm so glad you were at least you were at least able to do 17 episodes, including the last one, Hostage Watch, which I think is one of the best of the entire run. I'm so glad that it's on the DVD and that you were able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you'd have to j- uh, jog my memory to remember that. So, uh, as I said, a lot of water under the bridge since then. Well, it's it's an incredible show. It's a really funny show. I've got the bug too. I've got the bug. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, for for WRG Die Pittsburgh, I talked with one of the um, reporters for one of the Pittsburgh outlets who uh, remembers the show as well. And I've had some great people on. Chuck Tatham uh, was fantastic. Had him on the podcast a, a couple of years ago, and some of the guest stars who just loved the experience overall. And I'm glad. I, I wish the show wasn't canceled, but I'm glad you at least had a good experience making it with the incredible uh, people you had with you. Uh, if I don't have a good experience, I don't do the show. Mm. So, uh, did you talk to Ida? I did not. No, no. I d- reached out to her and and some others who politely uh, declined. But uh, mm-hmm. did you have a good experience with her? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Was Haley Steinfeld on? Yes, she was. Yes. Yeah, I remember little little snippets. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I asked Patricia Heaton if she thought uh, Haley was going to be a star, and she said she could absolutely uh, feel it from that uh, breakthrough moment of her being on that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a wonderful woman, Miss Heaton. Works hard, raised four boys with her wonderful husband, and uh, I was just that was the only time I've ever worked with her, so that was a pleasure. Yeah, what a career she's had with this and Raymond and The Middle, which I watched all nine years of, uh, uh, another fantastic show. And Laura Marano as well. I know you had two Gracie girls during the run of Back to You, and there were some casting changes. But uh, I thought Laura Marano, uh, in a breakthrough performance for her before her Disney days, uh, was fantastic, especially in scenes with Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You got to be good to be in scenes with Kelsey. You got to be able to hold your own. Mm. One of the best in the biz, and and so are you. Congratulations on your new book and your incredible career, and I so appreciate your time today. Thank you for being here on the Back to You podcast. Thank you, and keep the fight. And there you go. TV legend James Burroughs with some very interesting thoughts about his time working on Back to You, and I'm so glad that he at least had a wonderful experience making this show. Him saying there's some of the funniest, best episodes he's ever been a part of of any television series, that is amazing. It really is. And he very much appreciated getting to talk about the show with me, being on this Back to You podcast, and love my support of the show, my ongoing support of the show, after these 15 years. Thank you to James Burroughs, publicity team and the folks at penguin random house for making this interview happen just before he went on summer vacation really appreciate it again directed by james burroughs was which is a fantastic book if you love classic tv and his stories are incredible in it all about mary tyler moore and friends and fraser and taxi and cheers and will and grace and many many others 
It's available now in stores and online through Ballantine Books and Penguin Random House. That concludes this special 15th anniversary of Back to You episode of the Back to You podcast, episode 22. Thank you so much for listening. For more, you can always follow the Back to You podcast Twitter account at Back to You Pod for updates on Back to You. And uh, maybe I'll be posting another new episode soon. We'll see of the Back to You podcast for all those updates and more. Keep it to my Twitter. That's at LCJ Reviews. Instagram at Lights Cam Jackson. The website is lights-camera-jackson.com. And you can always go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for these episodes of the Back to You podcast. I am Lights Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Back to You podcast. And happy 15th anniversary of Back to You. Here's to 15 more.